love you, Lord. You have led me through the fire from darkest night. You are close like no other. I've known you as a father. I've known you as a friend. And I have lived in the goodness of God. And all my life you have been faithful. And all my life you have been so, so good. With every breath that I of God I love you Lord for your mercy never fails me and all my days have been held in your hands from the moment that I wake up until I lay my head, I will sing of the goodness of God. And all my life you have been faithful. And all my life you have been so, oh, so good. With that the goodness of God. Your goodness is running after me. It's running after me. Your goodness is running after It's running after me. With my life laid down and surrendered now, I give you together. If you have a need on your heart and tonight you just want the Lord to come by your way, why don't you just raise your hand to him and say, Lord, pass me not, O gentle Savior. Heavenly Father, Lord Jesus, we love you, Lord, with all our hearts, Lord, with all our soul, with all our mind, Lord, with everything that's within us. Lord, as we sing the song, Lord, Take my body, Lord, build it up. Let it be broken as an offering of love. And take my voice and pour it out. Take my time on this earth, Lord. 
take my strength. Take all that I am, Lord. You, it all belongs to you, Lord. Father, we fail ourselves and we fail you so many times, but Lord, help us just to get back up again and use us again, Lord Jesus. Lord, we ask tonight you just come and speak to our hearts, Lord. You know every heart that's represented here. You know everyone that would stream in, Lord, and each one that would listen, Father, each one, Lord, that would receive, Lord. So I pray tonight that you just help me to get myself aside. Lord, that you could come and speak the words of life, Lord. Lord, we're just looking for you this evening. We need you. Myself, I need you, Lord. We just commit ourselves into your hands in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. That's all the singing we'll do. God bless you. Amen. Let's take our Bibles together. We are at 8 o'clock on the nose. Right on time. He's an on-time God. <laughs> Amen. We're just a few in number here. Some of y'all, have, some of you all, no, not some of you all, but some of the others have gone to Saskatchewan. I think that's wonderful. They're having some good services there, I'm sure. But we're going to have a good service here tonight. And if you're still with us on Sunday, we're going to have some good services on Sunday. And if we all meet on the other side, we're going to have a really good service there. There's an underscore between the D and the four. Back one. Small D. Sorry, he's trying to log into my... uh, Your underscore is one letter too late and there's no dot. There we go. All right. We're making it. This one I can't help you with. It's a password. You'll have to do it on your own. I'm not going to say it over a live stream. <laughs> it may not be the wisest thing. Let's take our Bibles and turn to the book of Romans, Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12. And verse... Um, nine. Let love be without dissimulation. Amen. You may have your seats. Keep your Bibles open there. Don't, don't close them. I believe I heard at least one close, but don't close them. If you're seated in the back, you can definitely... Move up a little closer if you'd like. Brothers, back there, you don't have to sit back there. You can, you're going to want to sit a little bit closer tonight. Because I'm, I'm going to try and take, I'm not going to make you a promise of just an hour tonight, even though I'm, I'm going to try my best to stick to that. But I've, I've got so much on my plate, and I want to just follow the leading of the Lord, and I don't want to cut it short just based on the fact that I'm trying to keep it under an hour. The reason why I'm doing that, though, is, is, is so that way you can remember all of it. I have a very sharp and a very good memory, but I still, when someone preaches two hours and you ask what was your opening scripture, I'm going to have to scratch my head on that one. So that's just how it is. It's our human capacity of our minds. We're all that way. But I want to take this and, and, and just start real simple tonight with this simple statement. Let love be without dissimulation. And let love, what is love? God is love. 
It says, let love. In other words, there's something that you have to allow God. You have to let God. You've got to let go. You've got to let God. Sometimes we get so uh, built up in ourselves where we want to try and even micromanage God. And his working in our lives because by our first birth, we are sinful. That's just that we're born in sin. But we want to try and be in control. That's our nature. We want to be in control of our lives. And I want to be in control of my destination. Where I'm going, what I'm doing, my career, my job, my day-to-day activity, what I'm doing, how I feel in my mind, the thoughts that I think, the, 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 what's going on in my heart. I want to be in control. And we want to micromanage God in that way to the point where we want to even pray and we want to try and look at it in a certain way and, and say, Lord, I want you to deal with me and I want to surrender my all, but I'm going to surrender in this way. And you're going to deal with me in this way. So that way we have a predetermined idea because we don't want to let love. We want love to be with dissimulation. We want love to be according to our thoughts, according to our mind, according to our predetermined plan. And, and men in education, because Brother Ramon would say education is one of the greatest hindrances that the gospel has ever had. And we, we, it has been because that's what education has done. We've tried to make it so that you can plan, pre-plan, think, and know everything. Yeah. And you've got people that got plans, and if, if you're like me, you don't really know what you're doing tomorrow. But if you're like other people that I know, they, they like to plan months in advance and years in advance. They know exactly where the dimes and the pennies are going and they know exactly. And there's nothing, if that's the way you're built, that's, that's down to a personal uh, preference in the way an individual is built. We sometimes have plans that way. I'm not very good at that. That's just my own nature. I'm not very good at planning way in advance. And somebody says, well, you should save for this. And I say, well, you probably should have told me that two years ago. Because then I might have been able to save for that. But we'll just trust the Lord. And you know what? God's always provided my needs. I've actually never been short on a bill or on anything like that. And that's just the grace of God. That I've, he's always provided everything I've ever needed. And sometimes, I'll be honest, I don't have a clue where the money came from. But it was there. It was in the account. It came out of the account. Praise the Lord. So, Andrew, are you slothful with your money? No, not at all, actually. I don't go out blowing it and wasting it, but I'm not rich. So... That was way off my notes. Here we go. Let love be without dissimulation. Let, let God be without dissimulation. Dissimulation, what is it? Dissimulation is the act of dissembling. We, we like to do that sometimes. Dissemble God. Put God, break him apart. He's this and he's that. And you know, he's all these things. And it might happen in just a moment and totally change your life and totally rearrange everything where you were going this direction, now you're going this direction, and you don't really know where to go. But we don't like it that way. But it says, dissimulation is the act of dissembling. It's a hiding under a false appearance, a feigning, a false pretension, hypocrisy. Let God be without false appearance. Oh my, let love, let God be without, let love be without false appearance. Let God be without hypocrisy. How come I got to let God? Because we're God's hands. We're God's feet. We're God's eyes. We're what people look at. Show me Jesus right here. Show me Jesus. Have I been so long with you? It wasn't dissimulation. Jesus wasn't standing there saying, have I been so long with you? And they're looking at him going, there's no way you're God. No, they're going, oh. 
They're starting to pick up on the revelation because it was pure, it was real, it was so much of God they couldn't argue with it. Let love in our own lives, let God in our own lives be without hypocrisy where we, 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 we're not trying to say I'm a Christian but living someone else is someone else going, that's not a Christian. You've got to allow God to work in your life. You've got to allow the Holy Spirit that he wants to betray and wants to live through you. You have to allow him to live through you. In other words, you got to let go. you got to let God have his way. you got to allow him to work. you got to allow him to live through you. Because we can hold on so tight sometimes. Where we either get in and we feel so led to do something, but we don't want to do that because we know we're going to have to let go of something we like so much. So we just hold on and hold on. And that's, that's not you. That's not the real you. Sometimes you've got to let go. All the time you've got to just let go a little bit. And now... It would even go, it includes also the assuming of a false or counterfeit appearance which conceals the real opinions or purpose. Oh my. In other words, you think one thing and you say another. That's not God. That's not love. When really you see somebody and you, you, you think one thing and all of a sudden you, someone asks you and you, I don't want to say that. So I'll say something else. Let God, let love be without dissimulation. Don't try and put it in there. Don't, don't try and mask your real opinions. Don't try and mask. Change those opinions. If they're not pleasing to God, change them. Don't mask them. Change them. Allow God to say, Lord, take this away from me. Why am I thinking this about my brother? Why am I thinking this about my sister? Why am I going down this road? Why, this, why is this happening to me? Lord, change my heart, oh God. And I want even, if you would, just put the title up there, Brother Ethan, because really we're talking again on the open book, part three, and separated unto the book. Because you might ask yourself, why is this so important, Brother Andrew? Why are you preaching on this if we're preaching on the open book and we're trying to, and I believe me, I've tried so hard to try and mold the services in the way I want them to go. So I'm preaching to myself tonight. Because I wanted them to go in a certain way where we could just go through and talk about the great mysteries in the Bible and we could just preach them, we could just lay them out in the Word and we could show them to you as young people. But the more I've, I've studied those things, the more I realize, you know what we really need? Because how many of you are raising the message? Right? You've known the message for so long. Now how many of you, now I won't ask you for your hands, but most of you, if not all of you, aren't just raising the message, but you come under the ministry, you sit and you listen, or you stream, or you, uh, somehow you're being fed by a five-fold ministry. And on top of that, likely I would hazard a guess that all of you are listening to and or reading the message of the hour. So you're feeding on all of these things, and, and, and all of these things are coming in, but then well, why isn't it just picking up and I'm just understanding and it's just becoming revelation to me. Why is it taking so long? Amen. Because you've got to separate yourself to it. There's got to be something in our own selves. There's a part for us to do that we need to let God. We need to let love. We need to allow God to work in our lives without our own idea of how we think he should work. And then God, God's word or the open book 
calls for a total separation. Brother Brown would preach the, preach the message. It calls for a total separation from unbelief or sin. Therefore, we need to do all we can to completely separate ourselves to the Word. And then that happens not just in the soul, but in the mind. It's not just in the soul where that's where the new birth takes place. That's where God resides. That's where uh, um, the Holy Spirit is. But it's also in the mind. We need to separate our minds from the ways of the world. And I want to just take it very slowly. And I want to even go through some things. Because there's, there's a lot of thoughts that we have that aren't pleasing to God. They don't belong in our minds. They don't belong in the mind of a Christian. But the thoughts that they come, and, and, and Satan, as, as we've said, and uh, Brother John said it Wednesday night, I said it Sunday night, and so we'll just continue on this way. The devil loves his tactics of slinging mud. And I've thought of, of maybe naming the service sometime just mud slinging. Because that's what the devil does. He just gets down there in the trenches, and the worst thing we can possibly do is join him. Like, oh, this looks fun. What are we doing? Oh, we're slinging mud at so-and-so? I'd love to do that. But we do it sometimes. Come on, let's be honest with each other. We're a small group here tonight, okay? We can just be honest, be buddies. All right. We get that way sometimes. We want to get down the trenches with the devil. And then when he's slinging mud at us, sometimes we wonder why there's so much mud inside. We, we open the window facing him. And it's not sticking to the wall anymore. It's coming right inside. Because we've just allowed, we've just opened up and said, sure, my mind's an open playground. Have your way with me. And he just starts filling up the window. Until pretty soon you realize the floor's a mess. I wasn't expecting this. I, I can't even think of good thought anymore. Everything's just dirty. Everything's filthy. I got a, 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 what we would call a 9-11. I got, I got an emergency. I got everything. It's just, we got to do something. We got to change the whole system. Are you with me? Because I, I, I want to take an example here and I, just to lay a foundation. And it was really good. I seen it done by a brother and I, I really enjoyed it. And I think it would be helpful to everybody. If you've seen it before, good. You'll be right on the right page. But... But in all of these, you, how many of you have heard of, because some of you were probably born after, 9-11. 9-11. When the Twin Towers were crashed into by a plane, right? And they tried to crash another one into the Pentagon. They missed, though. Terrible pilots. But you were alive, right? Yeah, I was alive, too. You remember what you were doing when that happened? Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's that serious. That uh, Most people that were alive, old enough to remember that far back, they remember where they were. Even though we're way up here in Edmonton, Canada, and that was in New York City, and the Pentagon's, I think it's close to Washington, D.C., is it not? Somewhere around there, Virginia maybe. Sorry, I don't know my American ge- geography. But it's, it's somewhere way over there. But way up here in Edmonton, it still sticks with us. Because it was so serious that there would be, on our continent... A terrorist attack. I mean, before then, that was all over there. I mean, that was like fairy tales and crazy talk. That there was people going around blowing themselves up and killing themselves to kill other people called terror. This is crazy. But now, all of a sudden, it's here. 
And before then, now, I didn't fly before then. How many of y'all ever been in an airport? Ever been on an airplane? Mostly everybody. So before then, though, I never flew before 9-11. But I'd been to pick up my dad and dropped him off. You know the way we did that? You went right up to the window where he was getting off the plane. And you watched him get off the plane. And when we said goodbye to him, he was going on a mission trip to India, we would go right up to the window and watch him board the plane. Now, when you're not getting on the plane and gone through security nowadays, you can't even get close enough to see the airplane, let alone watch an individual walk out a door, go up a stairway, and go onto an airplane. You just can't do that now. What changed that? It was that moment. 9-11, 9-11, that something happened that was so terrible. Everybody went, we need a complete revamp. We need a complete redo on this. And so now you can't even go through security. You ever been through security? How many went with us to Guatemala? A few of you that are here. There we are, there we are, there we are. Atlanta, you were with us too. You go through security, you're trying to get on the airplane, you got to do everything. You got to take off your belt and take off your shoes if your shoes are too high and put everything in plastic bags and take off, oh my goodness, everything and go through this little thing and then randomly select it. All of a sudden you're selected and we got to do, what do they call it, explosive swab on you and swab you to make sure you don't have any explosive residue on you from handling something recently and put everything in the bin and it all goes through a big old x-ray machine. What changed that though? It was a 9-11. So tonight, we're dealing with a lot of in your thought life because, Lord willing, I'd like to try our very best to prevent a personal 9-11 where you finally get to a point where you're going, how did I get here? I need a complete redo. Let's put some safeties in measure right now because there's certain things you can't come into the kingdom of heaven with. There's certain things that just aren't pleasing to God. Right? There's certain things that you say, well, of course, right? I, I, if I'm not born again, how can I possibly, right? Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Well, amen. That's right. But then it also goes beyond that. Now it goes into your thought. What are you thinking about? Because the battleground is in the mind. That's the chosen. That's, that's, that's the battleground that, that, that was chosen on both sides. God chose the heart but to deal in the heart of man. But Satan says, I'm going to choose the mind. So that's where the battle takes place because that's where the devil keeps slinging his mud at. He keeps trying to sling his mud. And as Brother John said, he'll sling mud there. It doesn't even stick at all. But then he starts to accuse you of it. He gives you a thought and then he starts to accuse you of a thought even though you are right away kicked that thought out. But he's right there to go, you thought that thought. And you're like, no, I didn't. I don't even remember where, what are you talking about? But he's trying to, he's just picking up the same old mud, throwing it back on the wall, trying to make it stick again. Let's not help him. Because there's certain things that, you know, there's certain thoughts, and we could go through some of them, and I'm going to actually set it up right now. Brothers, if you want to get ready, Brother John and Brother Max, I'm going to recruit them to be my airport fellows. I need an airport gate, though. Why don't you grab one of those things? One of those plants. Bring them down here. Right down here on the bottom. We're going to rearrange the church. Just leave it this way for Sunday, hey? How you doing? God bless you, buddy. God bless you. Two. 
You got to make gate, man. You got to walk through a gate. We got a metal detector here. I want to just run, run you through some thoughts. R- ring you through, run you through, bring you through. There we go. Can I speak English? Bring you through some thoughts. Just put one here. One right here. Perfect. It looks like security, doesn't it, eh? Let's put this one over here. Is that heavy? Oh, my goodness. There we go. Perfect. So here we have our security gate. And you try to walk through, just do beep, 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 right? You've been through an airport before, right? You walk through there, beep, 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 beep. Why? I got my belt on. I got my shoes on. I don't have anything in my pockets, though. So that's all it is. We got certain things, but we try and get into the kingdom of heaven all the time, right? I can just walk through with everything I got. Beep, 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 beep. Why? Because it's, it's in our minds. We got things that are hidden. You don't try and walk through. You don't see someone walking through. Which one of you is going to? You're, you're, the, you're, the, you're the airport passenger. Welcome. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. So as he's trying to walk through, do you see anything on here? Right away, I mean, I, I see there's something on him. But you don't try and walk through with a big old bag of parts on your back. Big old metal and just, they'll never notice. Of course they're going to notice. You don't have to walk through the gate. They're going to notice it right away. But it's something that, that's hidden in you. That you might not even realize, oh, I totally forgot about that. I totally forgot I had that. And it becomes hidden and it becomes so much in you. And that's the way our thoughts are. Our thoughts are something that's hidden to everybody else. They don't see it, but this little machine sees it. Even though nobody else did, you went through a line. He came through here, he sat on this pew, and he sat right here, and he took off everything. Took this, he's got his Bible there, his, his iPad there, he's got his pen there. He already unloaded everything. I can see it all, I can inspect it all, I can put it all through the x-ray machine. We're all good. Now it's time to go through. Beep, 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 right? Come on back. All right, you're the, you're the security guard. I'm going to just come stand up here. Right away, isn't that annoying when they do that? Oh, oh, that's a dangerous one, brother. What do we have here? Oh, my goodness. Apple is right. Would have been okay with it. No, you wouldn't have been okay with an Android. But you're trying to go through with those things. What do we got all right there? All the knowledge. Well, this is okay. I just, I'm just full of my own knowledge, my own research, my own things that are contrary to the Word of God. You know, God says that, 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 that He's the healer of all our sicknesses and diseases, but I can find right on here, I know exactly where all my sicknesses are. I, can, I know I can find the nearest hospital. I could even text them. You got to text them with Jeff Dole, by the way. And you could do all of these things, and, and you could get it. Oh, my goodness, this is going to be amazing. I, I can access everything right here. I can access the Internet. There won't be any cell phones in heaven. that all you had? Wow, you sent them on through. Beep, 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 beep. Oh, man. Again, what else you got in there? Credit card. Oh, man. TD, who banks there? A credit card. I could just put it on credit. Uh, it's okay, I got the grace of God. Turn the grace of God into lasciviousness. Uh, it's okay, I'll just claim the blood tomorrow. It's okay, I can do it, and then tomorrow I'll just repent. Tomorrow I'll serve God. It didn't get through the, the ringer. You're going to find yourself in a 9-11 pretty quickly if you're trying to keep putting it over there to say, tomorrow, another time, I'll pay for that tomorrow. Then God, God will cover it tomorrow. It'll be another time. God says, when I'm calling... 
when I'm calling. Answer me. Adam, Adam, where art thou? See if we get through this time. Beep, 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 beep. My goodness. Security guard, come on, man. Oh, that's a bad one. It could be. You know what they call this, Brother Max? Malice. You know what malice is? I'll tell you all about it. Malice is what they call extreme enmity of the heart. Looks nice though, doesn't it? Yeah, it's got a nice outside. Kind of dissimulation. But there's a lot on the inside that you don't see. Because malice is caused by a lot of things that right away, pretty soon, it begins to manifest itself as, as uh, unprovoked spite. Well, pretty soon, you know, you, you don't even really, no one did anything, but all of a sudden, you, you just can't help it. You know where that comes from? You're thinking these thoughts. It's brought on by different things. There's certain devils that are down in your heart that love to hide. They look nice, though. They just say, hey, I'm just a tile. I'm just this little thing. It's nothing. Just put me down. It's all good. It's called lust. As soon as someone exposes it, who do you think you are? It's called suicidal thoughts. Someone exposes it. What? I'm nothing. I would never do that. It's called depression. Scared to even show your face. Anxiety. All of those things that get down in there begin to stir up malice. Complexes. Build up on certain things till finally you start lashing out at things. You're going, where'd this all come from? You didn't deal with it back here. You kept trying to get through all the time. Let's go on through one more time. Beep, 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 beep. So close. He's a religious fellow. He's got a pastor, associate pastor. He's the associate pastor. You know what they believe there? I'm not sure if it's actually here, but I'm going to say it's here. <laughs> Days of miracles is past. God doesn't really heal cancer anymore. Brother Branham went off the scene. I mean, come on, those things are done past. But he couldn't get through the scanner with that. He couldn't get into the kingdom of heaven because we know where the point is of getting through the scanner is he's got to get on the plane. The ticket to get on the plane is the Holy Ghost. Right? There's a certain ticket right there and you say, well, I, I've got it. I've, I've, I, don't, I know I've got something. I know I've got something down in my heart. I know I've got the Holy Ghost. I know I've got something. But there's all these thoughts that are contrary well, God doesn't really go that far. I mean, he healed me of my cold the other day because I just claimed it wasn't COVID. But cancer. Miracles. Man, we don't really see that anymore. He didn't make it through. It's contrary to the word of God. Why don't you try one more time? Beep, 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 beep. Man, I said one more time. I, 
Empty your pockets up, brother. Seriously? You stabbing your brother in the back with pens? That's funny, but we do that today. When we don't do it with pens, we do it with this device. You should have seen what brother so-and-so did. You should have seen what sister so-and-so did. You should have seen this. You should have seen that. You should have, you should have, you should have, you should have, you should have. Did you hear? We don't even need that anymore nowadays. We didn't even have to put it in that way. We got social media. Where it's just all out there for everyone to see. And we, we, we just ponder on these things and think on these things. Till we're, we're stuck in this rut. We just can't seem to break through. Say, Lord, I, I want a relationship with you, Lord. I, I want to be on this plane. I want to be in the kingdom of heaven. I want to get there. I want to know you for real. But I can't seem to break through this one point. Because there's a constant stream of thoughts that's coming through that we're just allowing the devil to stick mud, stick mud, stick mud till we're just, we're so stuck in this realm where we can't even let love be without dissimulation. Sister Horley, thank you, brothers. I'll, I'll give you back your things. You can come collect again. It's okay. We know it's just an iPhone. It's just a credit card. Just a business card, a pen, and a tile. Is that in case you lose your pants or tile just in your pocket? Sorry, that was God bless you, Brother John. I did say to have more things in your pockets, so he he loaded up. They say, What? What does that have to do with the open book, Brother Andrew? Because we want to get there. We want more revelation. Brother Brown says, pray for more revelation. There's nothing that could be more important than to have more revelation. We want God to, to reveal himself to us in a greater way. We want those things. But yet we never come to a place of full separation. To separate ourselves. Thank you, brothers. God bless you, Brother John. God bless you, Brother Max. Thank you so much. If you've seen that before, like I said, you were just there with me the whole time. The Bible goes on in Romans chapter 12 to say, Abhor that which is evil. Cleave to that which is good. Be kindly affectionate one to another with brotherly love, in honor preferring one another. This isn't dealing in your, in your soul. This is dealing in your mind. This is dealing in your thoughts. This is dealing in those things we could have gone on and on and on, and I could have gone through every single one of these scriptures and kept pulling Brother John back and until you would have a headache for me going beep, 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 beep. But, but we could have gone on and on with all those things because why? We get those thoughts where we're, well, I would prefer everybody, but not him. Because I just don't like him. He, I, he just grates on me. Listen, we're always going to have that as long as we're in a church, as long as we're in a group. There's always going to be somebody that your personality and their personality just doesn't get along right. As long as we're here on this earth, as soon as we're in heaven, we'll be in a word body and everything will be perfect. It'll be wonderful. We'll all get along then. Praise God. But until then, we're always going to have these differences of character, differences of personality. But it still says you've got to overcome that in your mind and be kindly affectionate one to another with brotherly love in honor, preferring one another. This doesn't just mean, you know, when your brother, you come up to the table with the, when it's a you know, buffet style. Oh, no, you first. Oh, no, you first. You ever gone to a message believer's house and they have a buffet style? Nobody wants to go first. 
This scripture comes out at its finest. Everybody wants before everybody else. So you go first, you go first, you go first, until finally there's a bachelor that comes in, living on his own that says, I'm in. But you know, that's not really what it's talking about. So in honor, preferring one another. In other words, do something for somebody else when you don't feel like it. When you don't feel like it. It's not a matter of, uh, of who gets the food first. It's a matter of I don't feel like getting on my knees and praying for them. I want to get on my knees and pray for me. I want to watch over myself, but I want to prefer them. I want to ask God to bless them. I want them to get the best. I want them to have the best spot in church. I want them to be able to enjoy the service. I want them to have the best car. Oh my, how many of us do that? I'm preaching to myself here too, like I said, and I'm going to keep saying that over and over again until we understand it. I need this too. As I was, this Lord laid this on my heart close to a month ago now, right after I finished preaching the last youth service, which two weeks ago was book packing, so two weeks before that. And then I come down and I thought, Lord, I'd really like to get into the, the mysteries now and just get into that. And the Lord said, what about separating yourself? Yes, Lord. So here we are. You've got to separate yourself. Be kindly affectionate one to another. It says, not slothful in business. Amen. Amen. Not slothful in business. Once again, this isn't what makes you a Christian. It's what makes you more like Christ. It's enabled to bring your mind in subjection to the word that is within you. Not slothful in business, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord, rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation. I got quiet. Patient in tribulation, continuing instant in prayer. Oh my. Hallelujah. That's what I need to work on that too. Instant in prayer. Hey, Brother Max, I'll pray for you sometime. Instant in prayer. Somebody comes with a need, let's pray for it. Let's be able to get on our knees, no matter where we're at, no matter what we're doing. Let's be able to pray and say, God, what would you have? Lord, remember so-and-so. Be with so-and-so. I can't remember how many times I've been driving in my truck and I get a text message, so-and-so, and an update on this, or this is happening, or that need. And instantly, I just begin to pray. Why? Because there's something that's calling you. Be instant, continuing that way. Not putting it off till a more convenient time because then it never happens. Remember that credit card down there? Tomorrow, I'll put it on my credit. Pay for it tomorrow. It says, distributing to the necessity of of saints. Given to hospitality. You see someone in need, help them out. What good does it do? Jesus, I think, would talk about someone come and say, I need bread. And you say, go on thy way and be healthy and be fed. And close the door. They're like, thanks. I, I asked for bread. You said to go and be full. I, I need, kind of need bread to do that. It doesn't do any good. You got to give them something. What good does it do to see someone in need and they come and say, I got a need. And just say, well, you know, Sure. You say, listen, sometimes you have to come like Peter and John and say, silver and gold have I not. I, I really honestly can't help you with that, but I can pray for you. 
I'll pray that God will provide it. Maybe there'll be someone else that has something that they can help you out with that. Distributing. You're preaching to young people. We're the ones that should be getting everything. We're just young people, man. We're just starting out in life. I mean, everyone should just be doting on us, and everyone should just be giving us. I mean, come on, putting up, you know, our parents laying up for their children, and that's scriptural, and, you know, we ought to just be in that kind of a, a, a boat. You know, but I made a declaration last year, and I, I, I believe we're, we're coming to it. There'll be young people in the rapture. And there isn't anybody getting babied into the rapture. You're going to have to fight for it, and it's going to have to be, here's what the rapture is. It's a relationship with Christ. You and Christ alone, that when he pulls the scarlet cord, everyone that's attached to that, everyone that's in Christ, goes. Now, I'm just trying to take it real slow and real simple, so I trust it's okay. Given to hospitality. Bless them which persecute you. That's hard as a young person. It's easier once you've been down the road a little while and you've seen the hurt that you do when you persecute them that persecute you. You look back at the friendships you lost when you were a young person and you go, man, I really wish I would have handled that differently. But sometimes it's hard to do. And I'm being honest with you, it was hard for me as a young person too to, to go down this road and to bless them with persecute you because my goodness, when they come against you and they say things and you're just young and you got all your youth and all the spirit there and you just rise up. How dare they say that? And it'll just split friendships apart and especially amongst young sisters and more so than young brothers, but just pull them in opposite directions because somebody whispered something, came through the grapevine from somewhere and on down and it wasn't even true, but all of a sudden, poof, your friendship is toast. It happens. Even in message church, you say, that sounds so far-fetched. Yeah, but I know it's true. I've watched it happen with my own eyes. Where literally people will hear something, third and fourth person, and they won't even want to be around that person anymore. That they heard it about. That's in the mind. That's not, that's not coming down to your soul and saying, well, I'm just not born again, I guess. And I just, I just didn't have a real experience with God. And I guess I just I don't have any faith. No, that's right, right up here in the mind that we build these complexes. We build these things where all of a sudden, why? Because we, we, didn't, we didn't want to bless them that persecute us. We wanted to revile instead. It says, bless and curse not. Rejoice with them that do rejoice. Only when it's really important. And a really big deal in your mind. Does it say that up there? Thank you. No, it doesn't. It says rejoice with them that rejoice. Whether they're rejoicing because they didn't hit the deer. Or whether they're rejoicing because God healed them of cancer. Rejoice with them that rejoice. Amen. It's, it's wonderful to rejoice and say, God's watching over me, whether it's this big or whether it's this small, whether it, no matter what it is, whether it's because I crashed my car, but I'm not hurt. Praise the Lord. Rejoice with them that rejoice. And the next part says, and weep with them that weep. But only if you find it sad. <laughs> this we do. I, I'm built that way, okay? I'm going to tell on myself right now. I'm built that way. Where you say water's off a duck's back or 
thick-skinned, thick-skulled, all of those things. You know, someone come and they're weeping and it's sad to them. And I'm like, I don't get it. What's so sad? It's just the way, that's my personality. But yet when I rather take a different thought process, instead of my own personality of saying, listen guys, just man up, okay? Be a man, be a real woman who just knows that, Lord, I'm just going to pray through it. Everything's going to be okay. No, but rather I can take and get under their burden. Say, Lord, that meant something to them. And it was real to them. I don't understand it, but help me to understand it. Because it was real to them enough that they're in tears and they're weeping. And I thank the Lord that it's, it's made a difference in my life. Even to the point, I'll, I'll share this with you. Just being very, very honest and open. Well, recently my mother-in-law lost her dog. Her dog passed away and says, weep with them that weep. I'll be honest with you, in the past... I probably wouldn't have cared. Because that's not my personality. To weep over an animal. It's an animal. We all know it doesn't live as long as a human. What were you expecting? It's going to die before you. So get over it. That's my personality. But something about it, when my own mother-in-law was going through it and going through the trial and struggle of it in the friendship, I began, something in me began to reach out to her. I would say, Lord, that was her companion. That was her friend. That was when she was alone at home. She had someone there because dad was at work and other ones. We were all married and gone. And Lord, remember her. She's grieving over it, and it's hard for her. Remember her, Lord. Be by her side. It's not easy, Lord, even if it's just a puppy dog. It's not easy because it meant something. It's a reality, and it was dear to her heart. And I thank the Lord that he was able to change me in that way, my own thick skull, thick skin ways, to change me to the point where I could feel for somebody else and say, Lord, have mercy. Weep with them that do weep. Be the same mind, be of the same mind one toward another. Mind not high things, but condescend to men of low estates. Be not wise in your own conceit. I'm going to skip over that. We can literally take a whole service on that. Recompense to no man evil for evil. Provide things honest in the sight of all men. In other words, let love be without dissimulation. Provide things honest in the sight of all men. Don't go to one and say one thing and the other say another thing. If it be possible as much as lieth in you, be peaceable with all men. Psalms chapter 139. You still got your Bibles. The book of Psalms, longest book in the Bible. Close to the back of it, 139. How do we help this? That way we don't get caught in our own personal 9 11. Where all of a sudden we realize, I need a total revamp. But Lord, help me put something in, in a safety in place. So that way, I'm not going down that road constantly. I don't want to find myself all the way down the road where I get all the way down this road to where all of a sudden I'm suicidal. 
All of a sudden, I'm depressed. All of a sudden, I'm just so anxious. All of a sudden, I've gone so far now. How did I ever get here? All of a sudden, I can't receive in church because the ministry, the ministry, the ministry. I've heard this one say, and that one said, and this one said, and that one said, and that one said, and that one said, and that one said. So we get all the way down. That's all we can think. Help me to not get to the, put some safeties in place so I never get to that place. Here David begins to start out and in, this, in this chapter, and then we'll go to Psalms chapter 1, but he says, Search me, O God, and know my heart, and try me, and know my thoughts. Don't just know my heart, Lord, but know my thoughts. I want to put them before God always. If we have this mindset in our minds to say, Lord, I want to think thoughts that you would be pleased with me, that if you're looking at my thoughts, I'm not ashamed. And in verse 24, it says it this way. It says, and see if there be any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. That's what we want to be doing. That's exactly the safety net that we need to say, Lord, let my thoughts be pleasing to you no matter what. No matter how much it hurts sometimes because because we're being ridiculed of men and we're being despised and being rejected because those thoughts will get you that way. Where the men of the world say, you just don't know how to have fun. You just don't get a good joke. It's not a good joke. Psalms chapter 1. Blessed is the man. Now, I want everyone to do something for me. Y'all take your fingers like this. Y'all do that. Turn them all around and point them right at yourself. That is either a man or a woman. All right? That's what this scripture is talking about. An individual. You. Me. All right? You've all pointed at yourselves. You all know. We're talking about me here. Blessed is the man. It's talking about an individual, one person. It's not saying blessed is the church. Blessed is the group. Blessed is the bride. Blessed, no, blessed is the man, the individual. That walketh not. Now, I want to say this. That walketh not. In other words, he's not acting upon or he's not following after. Because in this scripture, it goes through three individual things with three individual positions. And the first one is that walketh not. In other words, you're not acting upon and you're not following after the counsel of the ungodly. Which is to say this, you're not acting upon or following after the advice or the ideologies or the opinions or the instructions of the ungodly. There was something I was told a long, long time ago, and I've tried to keep it in the back of my mind. It's, it goes simply like this. Don't take advice from someone you don't want to be like. That's really simple. It'll t- help you go a long ways. Don't take advice from someone you don't want to be like. For example, you don't take advice on how to get rich. From a sad, lonely, rich person. So, Andrew, I'll get rich. Yeah, and you'll be sad and lonely. That's 
because that's the only way they know how to get there. You also don't take advice from someone who's happy-go-lucky and addicted to drugs. Because how come they're so happy and go lucky? Because they're high. You don't take their advice. Well, they know how to get happy. Obviously, follow them. Well, you're going to be addicted to drugs. You don't take advice from someone who's responsible for a broken home, feigning their freedom. Who I'm free finally. How do you be happy? You get divorced. What? No, you don't. That's not happy. That's not freedom. That's someone that's feigning it completely, trying to go on that way. You don't take advice from someone like that. Blessed is the man who doesn't follow after the advice of the ungodly. How many Old Testament kings could you put a name to on this one? Who would start out as great spiritual kings. But idol worshipers would begin to come in and work their way on them. Begin to... Uh, uh, ask him and begin to implore him to say, you know, we need laws to protect our ways. We need this to protect our son. We need that. You know, we're, we're really nice people. We're, we're, we're really good and you ought to try it. And What about Solomon? Had a thousand wives. Solomon had all of these things but he began to take advice from them. He began to listen to their opinions. Well, you know, Solomon, you don't really have to worship in our temple. You just build us a temple. You know, it's not really bad if you just, you know, it's my opinion if you, okay, yeah, I don't know. We'll build you a temple to Astaroth. We'll build you one to Malash. And we'll build you one to this God. We'll build you one to that God. And we'll uh, Astarte. And we'll, we'll have all these different temples, you know, but I, I'm separated from them. Why? Wow, he's listening to their opinions. It's really okay. Till pretty soon he's really walking down that pathway. Well, Solomon, you, you don't really love me because you don't really worship in my temple. You don't pray with me. We need to have devotions together to my God. And he just began, he just began to walk down that pathway slowly, 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 slowly. Listening, walking in the counsel of the ungodly. Cost him a lot. The next part says, nor standeth. Now, this is not being active. But this is stationary. It is a bystander to what is going on. Nor standeth in the way of sinners. And this is an interesting one because it's basically saying, don't be an observer of sin. Don't stand there and just observe these things. You say, well, I'm not actively a part of it. I'm not doing those things. I'm just observing it. Listen, just stay away from it. Turn around. Flee temptation. Be careful what you watch and who you follow and who you befriend. Social media especially makes this so easy. Andrew, are you preaching against social media? No, I'm actually not. But it makes it so easy to just stand by and watch so much sin. And you're such a bystander, you're not even knowing that you're looking at it. Because you didn't comment on it. You didn't like it. You also didn't dislike it. You just sat there. I don't know. Can you even dislike things anymore on, on these social media sites? I don't know. I don't know. But, but you can't even do that. But, but 
you just sit there and you can just look at it and look at it. But what, what are you doing? And all of the time that you're looking at it, you're standing in the way of sinners. And all this time, it's planting seeds and it's putting in thoughts for later. Especially if an individual, uh, if the individual you just stood in the way in the way of, and you begin to watch them like, like a young sister perhaps would begin to observe an older sister that she went out in the world and she got married and she seems so happy. And you're just watching that and watching that and watching that and watching that until you go, maybe I should try it. Or a young brother that sees a young, a young backslidden boy that he's just kind of on the fringes all the time, but he's cool. And you begin to gravitate towards that. Why? Because you're watching him and watching him. Just turn away from it. Ignore it. Walk away. Go the other direction. Don't stand in the way of sinners. Don't think on those thoughts because the things that you meditate on will begin to come out of your mouth. They will begin to manifest themselves in your hands and in your feet. You will begin to do things and look upon things. Nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. Now this, to sit, this is relaxation. You've now sat down, you become comfortable. You become comfortable and relaxed in this atmosphere. The seat of the scornful. To become comfortable in the seat of the scornful or the mocker. To find it so enjoyable to hang around and be a part of these people. Completely relaxed in the state of your Christian walk. God help us, we never become so convinced that we're good enough. That anyone that's more spiritual or less spiritual, we can sit back and mock them because we're the standard. (laughs) But yet that's a trap of the devil. Say, hey, listen, man, if he he can't get you, if he finally overcome the place where he keeps telling you, you're not good enough, you're not good enough, you're not good enough, you're not good enough, you finally become overcome that, and you finally realize, no, I'm good enough, I'm really a son of God, I'm really, then he goes on to say, you're the standard, you're the standard, you're the standard, you're the one, you're the one, everyone's got to be like you, be like you, be like you. He's really good at his job. He knows exactly how to get you pushed in this direction, and he finally get out of that ditch, and he pushes you over in the other ditch. And he finally, that just, he pushes you over another ditch. Oh my, and he's really, really good at doing that. We, we, we get down that way and we get so built up where we go, that person's not good enough because I'm up here. And someone's living up there, they're so super spiritual. Who do they think they are? Everything's a scripture and a quote. Everything. Man, they think they're better than me. I'm the standard. Really? This is the standard. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Good. It might not be easy to sit in this service. It's not easy to preach this service. <laughs> to say some of these things. But we've got to realize we're fighting these battles. Amen. And I know you're fighting these battles. Many of these battles, I fought them when I was your age. And the devil still tries to bring them back up again and say, listen, don't you know who you really are? Yes, I'm a son of God. That's right. You're the best. No, I'm not. We can become so comfortable there till we get lulled to sleep in our own conceit. When the Bible said, and we read it in Romans chapter 12, to condescend to them they're of low estate. 
Don't be wise in your own conceit. In other words, don't get up in that way and look down on them. But come on down to their level and lift them up to where you're at. And pray that the ones that are up there come and help you get up there. It says in end time evangelism, Brother Branham says this. He says, Jesus, this is what I mean in the Psalms, sorry. He says, set not in the seat of the scornful, stand in the way of the ungodly. See, don't put yourself in the way of the ungodly and set in the seat of the scornful, making fun of them that are right and standing around saying it's just a form of godliness. But he that delighteth in the law of the Lord, we read it in the next verse, verse 2, but his delight, blessed is the man whose delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he doth meditate day and night. There's thoughts that are pleasing to God. There's a Satan that Lord, what am I meditating on? What are the things that are going through my mind constantly and consistently? Oh my. All right, I'm going to say it because we're here. But we get so condescending to other people. Because you could, I could stand up here and I could preach against something as wicked as pornography. Brother Andrew, there's young sisters here. You ought never to say that word. Yes, and I'm also not naive of the age that we live in. Because we can sit up here and we can preach against that day in and day out. We can preach against lust day in and day out. And someone might sit right here and say, Brother Andrew, I've never looked at that. But in your mind, you've conceived your own images of pornography. That's the same thing. Are you sure? Absolutely I'm sure, because Jesus said, Whosoever looketh upon a woman to lust after her, she might be fully clothed, modestly dressed. But he has committed adultery with her already in his heart. So why is it so important to meditate on the word of the Lord both day and night? To be sure that your thoughts are pleasing to God. To be sure that you don't open the window to that mudslinger who's constantly slinging mud and open the window and say, I just need a little fresh air and hits you right in the face. Because we need to be sure that, 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 that we've, we've done what we can do. I'm not preaching this condemning. I'm preaching it to help you to understand. You need a safety net to say, Lord, if my thoughts are constantly going down this way, pull me back. Help me, Lord. And we all go down a certain level. Are you with me? Even me. Preachers. We all go down a certain level where there's something that, that, that triggers us. I'll get on. I'll be honest with you. I like watching history documentaries. I enjoy it quite a bit. To the point where I'll sit there and the next thing I know it's 9, 10 o'clock and I'm going, what am I doing? I just wasted a whole evening watching garbage. Andrew, it's history. Yes, it's garbage. But, but, but history isn't garbage. Really? History is going to get me to eternal life? History is going to bring me to a body change? See, but I, I am a human. 
We all go down those roads sometimes or we just need to, need to relax. We need to waste some time. We need to go down those roads and our minds need a place to just blow off some steam. But I want to encourage you. What about on your knees? Encourage myself. What about in the Word? What about to put on a message? What about if you say, well, I've listened to three messages today. I just can't listen to another one. I'm just overloaded. Yeah, then go put on a service by, I don't know, Brother Paul Lafontaine. Go put on a service by Brother Donnie Reagan. Go find your favorite service that Brother Ron Spencer's ever preached. And just put that one on again. See, I've listened to it four times already. Listen to it again and just say, I just need to relax. I just need something that's going to make me maybe laugh a little bit, maybe just relax a little bit. Why? Because, but let it be around the word of God. Let it be something that is pure, that is holy. Let it be something that is of a good report. Maybe you're a musician and you need to just get alone to yourself and put on some music, some good godly music. Well, you could just relax and begin to pluck on your guitar and begin to tinker on the piano. Maybe begin to sing along because you're a singer and you enjoy doing those things. Maybe that's what you need and that's your relaxation. But put yourself a safety net to say, when, I, when I'm all, everything has gone to the end and I, I just, I don't feel spiritual at all. I need something that my delight, my enjoyment is in the Lord. My enjoyment isn't in YouTube. My enjoyment isn't in, in other worser things. My enjoyment isn't in social media. My enjoyment isn't in gossip. My enjoyment isn't in all these things. My enjoyment is in the Lord. Oh my, if your delight is in the Lord, it will also affect your fellowship. Because you begin to think on those things. You begin to meditate on those things. To when you get around with someone, it's what you want to talk about. I just got like these random texts the other day. Brother Dwayne, Ashley texted me. I'm going to call him random, sorry if I hope that doesn't offend you. Just two quotes he sent me. He doesn't know yet, but I just got a text out of those two quotes. I don't know if I'm going to preach on it one day soon. He just sent me these two quotes, and I'm like, why are you sending me these? How are these related? And I didn't know why he was sending them to me, but I was going to read them. I was like, oh, man, this is great. He was thinking on them, and he just sent them to somebody. I don't know if you even meant to send them to me or not, but it was great. I enjoyed them because it was my delight. To read it and to realize, this is fantastic. This is what I need. And he was feeding on it. And then I'm feeding on it. Why? Because it's just meditating on it day and night. I'm not even getting remotely close to where I want to be. And I'm at an hour. Will you give me a couple more minutes? You're still with me. And remembers what my opening scripture was. Nobody. All right, we'll just close it. Okay, Sister Julia's not in her head. She remembers. Romans chapter 12, verse 9, for all of you that forgot. All right, we'll get to a slideshow, then we'll, then we'll close. 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 19 says it this way. If you just throw that up there, Brother Ethan. It says, Nevertheless, the foundation of God standeth sure, having this seal. The Lord knoweth them that are his. Oh, praise God. We could just relax in that. God knows me. He knows that I'm his. Everything's done. We're good. I can do whatever I want. But read the next line. And let everyone that nameth the name of Christ, everyone that wants to call themselves after the name of Christ, a Christian, depart from sin. It doesn't even say that. It says depart from iniquity. 
the things you know you ought not to think and do, but you're doing it anyways. The things you know you ought not to, you ought to think, and you refuse to think it. You refuse to do it. I know I ought to pray in the morning. But I just, oh, so tired. I know I ought to read my Bible, so we just sit down and we quickly read through a chapter. I'd rather you read one verse and understand what you're reading. I'd rather you pray for five minutes and just really pray sincerely than pray for half an hour of repetition. I feel there's been a lot of damage done with that. Just get down and pray for five minutes, because I used to preach that way too. Just pray, pray five minutes. My goodness, that ain't... You ain't, you ain't spiritual enough. You need to pray for an hour. You need to pray for two hours. No, I don't care if you pray for five minutes. If it's really sincere and you break through and you touch the throne of God in five minutes, God bless you. If you can touch God in five minutes, that is incredible, and I am, I am in awe of you. And I've done it before. I've got on my knees in desperation, and God's been there like that. And I've also got on my knees and in desperation for half an hour and feel like, Lord, where are you? But what's the point? Pray till you have relationship. My prayer lately, and I'm just going to speak honest with you for a little bit. My prayer lately has been, Lord, I want relationship with you. I want that when I call, you're there. And when you call, I listen. I want to be the one, Lord, that when you want to go for coffee, you choose me. I was thinking about it today. When I think of somebody that I want to just sit and talk to, the first person that comes to my mind is my wife. Amen. Instantly, every single time. And I've got some fantastic friends here. Brother John, Brother Max, Brother Marshall, different ones. Brother Jeff Dole, who's not here tonight. Brother Tito, different ones. Brother Ethan, that I, I love to go for coffee with. I love to just sit down and talk with. I love to fellowship with. But every time I think, man, I just would like to talk to someone. My wife is the first one that comes to my mind. She's my best friend. She always has been. We do it every Saturday morning. We sit down after the, we've had breakfast. The kids go off doing their thing, and we sit down with a cup of coffee, and we just enjoy one another's company, and we just Amen. talk. Good. I said, Lord, I want that with you. Amen. So when you think, I need some fellowship. When God thinks, he wants the fellowship. Because love demands a fellowship. And when God loves, when love demands that he wants fellowship, I want the first person on his mind to be me. I want it to be here. He wants to have fellowship, but he wants to say, Andrew, where are you? I know exactly where you are because I know I want him to know. Brother Maxwell, you want him to know that when he wants fellowship, it's Brother Maxwell on his mind. It's Brother John on his mind. It's me on his mind. It's Brother Marshall on his mind. You want to put your name there and say, Lord, I want that kind of a relationship with you that the very first person that comes into your mind is me. And I want it to be the Lord that every time I think of you, I just want to talk. I just want to touch a hem of your garment. I want relationship with God. It's so important. It's 1 Corinthians 13. If you go ahead and put that slideshow up there. It's a very, very short slideshow, but if you turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Because I'm going to be honest with you, you've, you've sat under ministry. You read the word. You, 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 you have devotions. And I trust you all have devotions at least daily. And, 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 but so, and, and by these things, you have the knowledge of so many things. 
And those things are good. We need to study to show ourselves approved. You need to read the word. You need to understand it. You need to go through it. You need to go through the message. You need to study those things. You need to look into it and say, Lord, make it real to me. You need that because the washing, the water of the word, it's the word of God that washes us and keeps us clean. But furthermore, faith even comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You need the word. But all those things are no good without the author. All the reading and the studying. How many of y'all ever been to a waterfall? You ever seen a waterfall? Yeah. We used to go every year out to a waterfall called Cackle Falls. It's right on the BC Alberta border. Beautiful waterfall. You get a quad ride out there in about 45 minutes. Truck drive about four hours. That's just the condition of the road there. But it's really beautiful and gorgeous. You got to cross three rivers to get to it. You finally get out to these falls and they're over 100 feet tall, over 100 feet wide. And they're just pounding down the Kakwa River. And you come to the, the place where you drive in and you, you're kind of upstream and you have to walk all the way around to the, the, the lookout point. And as you walk over to the lookout point, and at the lookout point you can stand up there and you can see the falls in a distance. You can see the water, you can hear the roaring sound. And you can still have a conversation with the person next to you and you can still talk with them and you can still understand because it's not all that loud. And you can enjoy the sight and you can remain completely dry. And it's beautiful. And you know, a lot of people, they want to view the Word of God that way. It's called theology. Where you can never really get wet. You never really get washed by it. But yet, it's beautiful. You can enjoy the beauty of it. You can look at the Scriptures. You can see how they fit together. And you can just enjoy it. But yet, you never receive it in your heart. And you never let it wash your mind. But yet in all of these things, as we go to these falls, you could also then go down a little bit further down the path. And then you weren't really supposed to, but you were allowed to go down the cliff and you could just wind your way down the, down the cliff. It was kind of like a goat trail down and you'd get right down to the river underneath the falls. And as soon as you reached down there, you'd start to feel the, the mist come off it. And by the time you got close enough to be from about me to the very back of the church, you were already soaked. It was just that powerful and that much mist spraying everywhere. And by that time, you had to yell at each other to even hear one another talking. But you could even, with these falls, you could go right in behind them. And you could actually be right behind this waterfall, cascading over top of you and just crashing down. And the mist and everything had eroded the rock underneath itself. And you could walk right in behind it and you literally would just be dripping wet, completely washed clean of any mud you'd occurred by getting there, completely clean from the water and the mist that's just soaking you over and over. And you had to be right lip to ear to Brother John for him to even hear me yelling at him. It was that loud. But that's the way it really is when you get in the Word of God. When you really soak yourself and you really get right into the presence of God until it's just cascading over you and you're just bathing in the waters of separation till it takes someone to have, you don't even hear them. They can whisper all kinds of gossip. They're right in your ear yelling at you and you're just so lost in the moment. You're just so lost in the Word. It just doesn't matter what they're saying because the Word of God has so washed you clean and your mind has no interest in thinking those thoughts any longer. And in 2 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, 
We know the, the scripture very, very well. We would record and say, though I speak with the tongue of men and angels and have not charity, I am become as a sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and have all knowledge, though I have all faith and so that I could remove mountains, if I don't have charity, I am nothing. Let love be without dissimulation. If you don't got God in your heart, if you don't got God on your mind, if you don't got God so much in you, if you're not half full of the love of God, all of these things become for nothing. And I want to just nail it down with the next slide, Brother Ethan. I'll show you a simple equation for everyone that's really good at math. I'll let you read that. How many of y'all can solve the equation? So it says there, though I speak with the tongue, tongues heavenly and earthly, have the gift of prophecy, understand all mysteries, understand all knowledge, all faith, even to move mountains, give all goods to feed the poor, give my body as a living sacrifice, but I don't know love, it's equal to zero. You can take it to the power of the brackets, exponents, multiplication, division, it's zero, 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 zero. You're nothing. Let me just put that in a little bit more perspective if you go to the next slide. Brother Ethan. For bodily exercise profiteth little. So if all of the studying and all of the word and all of the preaching and all of the things that you're receiving isn't leading you to Christ, we should all just clear out the pews and make a gym in here. It would profit us more. If it's all just head knowledge and we're not getting to God, there's a greater profit in bodily exercise. Thank you, you can take that down. That's a real short slideshow. Yes, that's why I could get to it. But that's exactly, we want to major on things. That man can prophesy. That one's got so much knowledge, he can put it all together. Do they know God? Do they know God? That's my question to you tonight. Do you know Jesus? Do you know him? Is it of any profit to you? Is it of any value to you? Is it leading you in that direction? You say, I'm not sure that I know him, but I'm sure that it's leading me in that way. Praise God. Keep going that direction. If it's leading you to Christ, keep going in that direction. If you haven't found him yet, keep walking. Keep going. Don't walk in the counsel of the ungodly. Don't stand in the way of the sinners. Don't sit in the seat of the scornful. Don't stop by the wayside and start to ridicule, start to mock, start to get after. Just stay in the word of God. Keep washing. Keep washing. Keep getting closer and closer to those falls so they can cascade over you until nothing else matters. So you can really just let go and let love be without dissimulation. Let's stand to our feet. Oh my. Let's just bow our heads together.
Every head bowed and every eye closed. Mr. Kezzy, if you just play something softly. Maybe just play that song, Into the Chamber. Be free, Holy Spirit. Speak to me gently as I close the door. This is a place that there'll be young people in the rapture. There'll be youth that make it. They get a body change. But I believe I'm looking at them tonight as they're respectfully with their eyes closed and their heads bowed. But I wonder tonight if you'd like to just raise your hands to God and say, Lord, I want to know you. I've heard a lot. I've heard a lot of word. I've heard a lot of message. I've heard a lot of, of good things. And it's raised my faith. And I believe I've got faith. And I believe that I'm saved. But Lord, I want to know you. As Paul says, I want to know him in the power of his resurrection. I want to know that I'm the one that's being raptured. I want to know that should I die, I'll be resurrected again. I want to know that I know God like that. Heavenly Father, Lord, that's, that's a great desire, Lord. Father, you see every hand that's raised, and Lord, I'd say to each one of them, God bless you. God bless you. Lord, we don't want to just raise our hands into the air, Lord, but Father, that's a, that's a confession of our faith to say, Lord, we've heard so much. We believe it, Lord. We believe it's the truth. We believe this word is the truth, Lord, but I'm still struggling in my mind. I'm still struggling in these areas, and I keep thinking these thoughts, and I, I want to push them out, Lord. I want to know you. I want to know the author of these words. I want to know the one that wrote them. I want to know the one that was in William Branham. I want to know the one that's in my pastor. I want to know God. Lord Jesus, I want to be that one, Lord. When you want fellowship, you come by my way. You come knocking on my door, Lord. Father, I want to be sure that I'm ready, Lord God, that I'm on my knees, Lord, every morning, that when you come by in the cool of the evening, that I'm alone with you, Lord Jesus. I wouldn't be out frivolously just wasting time looking at this and looking at that, Lord, but I want to be ready. I want to be meditating on the word day and night, Lord, that when you come by my way, you find a welcome place. Lord Jesus, may it be reality, Lord, to those that have raised their hands, oh God, to each heart that's represented under their Father. Lord, may tonight just be a drawing up higher, oh God. Lord Jesus, we're not looking for just an altar call, Lord. We want you. We want you to flood this room. We want you to flood our hearts, Lord. We want you to flood our minds, Lord. We need more of you as we step into that chamber, Lord. We don't want to leave it, Father. It's not a physical place, Lord. It's a spiritual place. We step into that Shekinah glory of God. And the august presence of Jehovah floods my soul. Lord Jesus, it's real. We want it, Lord, to push out all those thoughts, Lord, all that lust, the malice, Lord, the strife, Father, the depression, the anxiety, all of those other just evil things, Lord, that the thoughts that Satan keeps trying to push on us and push on us and push on us. Lord, we want to just look to you and say, deliver me, oh God. Clean out the house again and fill it with your Holy Ghost. We pray.
In Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Into the chamber be free. I just make it personal to him. Just raise your hands. Say, Lord, this is my desire with you. Speak to me, Lord. I'll close everybody else out, Lord. Lord, it's just me and you tonight. As we sing it again, don't worry about what anyone next to you is doing. Just close the door and say, Lord, I'm here to meet with you tonight. Into the chamber, Lord, just be free with me. Have your way in my life, in my thoughts, in my heart, oh God. Just clean me out, Lord Jesus. Fill me with your Holy Ghost, Lord Jesus. The Oh.